Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Inside ND Sports Podcast. I'm Tyler James, and I'm joined again by Kyle Kelly. Together, we cover Notre Dame football, recruiting, and more for InsideNDSports.com on the Rivals Network. This should be our last podcast before we get Eric Hansen back from vacation in August, but uh, the show must go on. And Notre Dame's summer has been dominated by football recruiting and baseball news, so we couldn't think of a better guest than two-sports star Drake Bowen, who delivers the pain to running backs and hanging curveballs. Drake is a four-star linebacker from Andrean High School in Maryville, Indiana, and he's been committed to Notre Dame's 2023 class since November. Drake, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Drake, I, I know you've been pretty busy this summer. How has your summer been, and have you officially shifted over from baseball mode to football mode now that we're closing in on August? Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Um, a lot of traveling. We had a lot of traveling with high school baseball because um, once we got deeper, we were traveling more to southern Indiana. And then with travel baseball, we kind of just were all over we were Georgia, Alabama, Indianapolis. So um, kind of all over. But yeah, it was fun. And now uh, I finished my last tournament on Monday. So I'm officially done and officially transferred over to football right now. During that time, Drake, when you're in football mode, I, I mean, I know you're a big weights guy, a lot of videos out there, but I, I know you said um, you've been working out in hotels and everything. So how have you tried to main, maintain your muscle during that time with uh, the really elaborate baseball schedule that you've had this summer? Uh, so for a couple of the tournaments, we had actually found like gyms that would do like a day membership. So we just pay like, like a $20 fee or whatever it was and um, just go work out there for a day. And we do that every other day, um, depending on how long we were down there. Um, and then if we like I do a couple hotel workouts, I kind of did like a, what was called a, sort of like a Spartacus workout. Um, so it was just like uh, three, three sets of 10 workouts each one minute like a 15 second break. So it, it was, it was pretty challenging. <laughs> yeah. I bet. What was it like to watch Notre Dame's baseball postseason run for you? Uh, that, that was pretty awesome. We got to watch most of that at home uh, just because it was during our high school baseball season. So, um, you know, we got to be around it and everything, but I, I thought it was Amazing just because this is the first time they were back in 20 years to get to Omaha and then they were able to compete in Omaha and especially knocking off number one, Tennessee. What, what has your communication been like with uh, Marcus Freeman and the Notre Dame coaching staff since the coaching change uh, about you and your, um, you know, aspirations to play baseball at Notre Dame? Um, so they are still 100% on board with it. Um, they they kind of just kept the plan that was already in place with it. Um, so they they just kind of accepted it. They, they want to talk to the new coach about it. And I talked to him about it. Um, he kind of he, he kind of doesn't know all of it yet, he says, but he, he wants to get on board with it. Um, and so he wants to talk with them and, and kind of get caught up. So they're all 100% okay with it, and we kind of got the plan that's been in place for a couple months now. So so you've been able to um, also run this plan by Sean Stifler, the new coach, it sounds like? Yes, sir. Uh, what's been your impression of him so far? I mean, he's a new guy, but uh, it seems like he was really working the phones uh, right when he got hired and, uh, you know, trying to rebuild that program, you know, make sure all the recruits stay in the class and all the transfers and everything. So 
but what's your communication look like with him? Um, yeah, I got to talk to him uh, like the first day that he got that uh, he technically got hired. Um, but yeah, he I really liked him. He just kind of wanted to get to know everybody, get it get like fit, uh, conversation going. Um, but yeah, I know right now he's he's probably a little overwhelmed getting everything going, getting settled in and everything. But um, yeah, it, it was a pretty good conversation with him. And I, I really liked him. I know what he can bring to ND. So I'm excited. Drake, switching over to, to football recruiting, uh, you've been in the class since November, like I mentioned earlier. What has it been like to see the way this 2023 class has come together and and be able to sort of stay atop the, the, the national class rankings? Uh, it's been pretty awesome just because I don't know how many guys we've actually missed on that we that we kind of really wanted, um, like that were kind of at the top of our boards almost. Like I know um, we missed a couple uh, and there were some things that we couldn't really do about it, but we kind of have gotten everybody we really wanted. Um, so that's, that's been awesome, just kind of see how everybody's buying into ND again and kind of realizing that you know, the four for 40 kind of mentality um, is also a big thing. So that's exciting to see that. And then just kind of being able to see all the relationships we made that have helped with our recruiting, um, like all the commits, being able to go there for like the game weekends, for uh, spring game, all this different stuff and all the other recruits and, you know, the commits are making relationships with them and people are buying in. So it's kind of just brought everybody closer together and kind of, everybody has that same mentality of what well, we want to win national championship, but we also know there's something more with degree and everything. Drake, when you committed, I, I'm sure you've been asked about this plenty of times before, but you know, in the weeks later, that's when Brian Kelly departed for LSU. And I mean, luckily things kind of worked out in your favor where Marcus Freeman, the D coordinator linebackers coach was promoted. Um, but it seems like you never wavered in your commitment and instead you were kind of almost like still promoting Notre Dame and you kind of really reflected that brand and the opportunity to play for the Irish. So what was your mindset during that period to not reevaluate things in your recruitment, but instead become this, you know, such an important voice for, for Notre Dame during kind of a, like a difficult time? Um. Yeah, I was kind of, a little nervous, I'd say, just because I didn't know what, what was really going to happen. That was kind of the first time that, that anything like that has really happened um, in my whole recruiting. So, you know, I was a little nervous, um, but, you know, I, I was hoping they'd, they'd hire Coach Freeman and kind of make that, that choice. Um, but, you know, I was, you know, Notre Dame was is my home. Like, I wasn't really going to go anywhere. Um, so I, I was just kind of pushing that out to everybody else, um, just try to keep the classes together um, and make make sure everybody stayed here. How and when did you find out um, Marcus Freeman was going to be the next head coach, and what was your reaction when you learned that he was going to be the guy? Uh, so they got us all, like all the commits on a, on a phone call. Um, I'm sure they did it with the 2022 class first but they got all the 2023 commits on a phone call and kind of let us know um, before it really came out that Coach Freeman was going to be head coach. And, you know, we were, we were all super excited. Um, you know, we, we love Coach Freeman, especially like, I know we didn't have a ton of offensive commits by then. Like we had, we had Cedric and 
I think that was really it. Um, but Cooper, you know, yep, Cooper and Cooper, yep. Um, but you know, especially on the defensive side, we were all super excited. And I know those two were even more excited uh, that that Coach Freeman was uh, going to be a head coach because we all just love him. Drake, you're very active in trying to recruit other guys to this class, and obviously it's a little bit easier for you to get over to campus when other guys are visiting, given your proximity to to, to South Bend. But how, how can you describe how often you're reaching out and texting or DMing other recruits trying to get them to join the class, and who are you working on the most right now? Um, I would say at least at least once a week I try to talk to someone. Um. But you know, they they we we try to get I try to talk to coaches, get get graphics going and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I I take time and I uh, talk to them. If I don't have them on Snapchat, I'll talk to their Instagram, um, just stuff like that. And I know somebody that we all really want, like our whole class really wants, is Jaden Osberg. Um, he's like a big big guy that we all want. Um, we want him to join our class and kind of be one of the last pieces on defense that we that we really want. Yeah, of course, uh, Osbury uh, set a commitment date for August 4th, and I think it Notre Dame fans have to feel good about where that one's trending. Obviously, nothing's set in stone and in a recruitment, but it sounds like Notre Dame has made a really strong impression. So, you know, when you have a guy like that that is, you know, potentially in the class, does Notre Dame explain the types of roles that you guys would potentially have on defense? between you, Preston Zinner, um, the other linebacker commit, and then potentially adding another in Jaden Osbury? Um, yeah, so they kind of talked to – I'm sure they talked to Preston, but they kind of talked to me about what they see me playing. Um, and so I'd assume they talked to Jaden, too, about what they see him playing. So kind of just really all over. Um, we can kind of all play different positions. So that's kind of the good part is we have – Potentially, if we get Jaden, three linebackers that can play all three or four different positions. Um, so that that's kind of really what they're excited about is because we're all athletic enough to be able to play different positions along with, you know, Jalen uh, Sneed and then Burnham and Ziegler, who can all really play at least two to three positions ahead of us. Yeah, I, th- I think that versatility is going to be very important in new defensive coordinator Al Gold Al Golden's defense. What what are your what are your expectations for what what his defense is going to look like in his first season at Notre Dame? Um, I'm I'm expecting pretty good things uh, from his defense. You no, know, um, he, he, with the Bengals, he had one of the best defenses in the league, and then um, you know coming back down, they they said it looked great so far. When he first came in, they learned basically everything in the first couple of weeks. So they've kind of just been repping it out, um, getting used to it. But, no, I'm expecting pretty good things uh, the first week against Ohio State. Drake, I, I kind of want to take a step back a little bit and talk about when you were going through the recruiting process because, you know, you were an Indiana kid. Um I mean, like once you got that Notre Dame offer, were were they always a team to be? I mean, was there ever consideration that that you thought maybe you could end, you know, somewhere else? Like when you were evaluating schools, like were you comparing them to Notre Dame, or how? What was the that dynamic like during you know your recruitment after the Notre Dame offer? Um. So really, it wasn't 
great. Um, I never really thought about going to Notre Dame. Um, I was kind of the kid who was like SEC or bust um, just because I was always watching it. Um, my uncle and aunt were big Alabama fans, so I was a big Alabama fan. So that was basically all that was on. Um, but, you know, towards the end of my recruitment, I kind of realized what Notre Dame had to offer and um, what Coach Freeman kind of brought to Notre Dame. Uh, but kind of during my recruitment, I was not not Notre Dame heavy. It was kind of like I was trying to figure out how to get Notre Dame out so I could just <laughs> kind of be done with it. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just really loved Notre Dame once I got to the campus, talked to coaches, and I kind of really just couldn't say no to Coach Freeman. That was my big thing is I just – I couldn't tell him no and just be okay with it. So – um, kind of the campus, the 440, Coach Freeman, the coaching staff, just kind of everything just put together. I just couldn't say no. Drake, you you won a football state championship and a baseball state championship as a junior at Andrean. How do you how do you top that as a senior? Um, hopefully going 15 and 0 and winning another state championship. <laughs> What, what, what are sort of the, the areas of your game that you've been maybe individually focused on in terms of trying to prepare yourself as a better college football player? Uh, so from last year to this year and then from this year to college, like my big thing was I wanted to work on pass drops and handwork. Um, that was kind of my not my best part of my game. Um, so that over the offseason, that was a big part of what I wanted to work on and you know our first scrimmage yesterday or two days ago I did pretty well with both of those things so um, you know I just got to keep working on it but I'd say it, those were two biggest parts before I wanted to get to college that I wanted to improve. I wanted to ask you about the uh, MLB draft because Notre Dame had a, a couple guys go um, Owen Murphy who's a cl uh, class ahead of you committed and you know, he was drafted in, in the first round and seems like he'll have a decision to make it maybe an easy one, you know, going to the Braves you know, with the opportunity there. But like, uh, what was that like for you to see, um, you know, all those Notre Dame guys get that opportunity in the MLB draft? And, you know, have you had some communication with MLB teams about, you know, your potential a, as a baseball player? Um. Yeah, you know, it was exciting to see Notre Dame commits and players go because that's really hasn't happened before. Um, you know, you watch the draft, and you don't see too many uh, like Notre Dame kids. And this was kind of the first year where you just saw like multiple even commits and kids in high school that are committed to Notre Dame just being drafted and potentially could be going. So that was really exciting to see that Notre Dame starting to put the baseball on the map, too, as well as the football. Um, and then kind of with me, I haven't really talked to a ton just because they all, most of them know that I'm going to Notre Dame early. So there's really no point that I'd be I wouldn't be able to draft eligible or anything. So um, and they also know I want to do two sports in college. So they were just like I've talked to uh, coaches like in travel ball and they're just like, go go to college. You want to do two sports, play football, baseball there and, you know, go go have fun in college. But um yeah, so but it's it's exciting to see Notre Dame is putting baseball on the map to this year. What what will be your upcoming visit schedule for Notre Dame? We we see you at at every football home football game this this coming season. 
Uh, yeah, basically I'll be there for, I'm, I'm trying, I'm going to try to be there for mostly every game. Um, if, as long as I don't got anything, but basically every, every game I want to be there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Notre Dame's 23 class is almost done. There's only a couple targets on board, but you know, just like anything, you know, with the recruiting, like you got to keep guys in the class. So like, for you, what's your mindset as kind of being the leader in this recruiting class on keeping everyone together in this class and making sure that you guys all make it to signing day? Uh, yeah, kind of just kind of just keep that like brotherhood. Like we we all like really really like each other. We're all really close. We all talk to each other in some way, um, some capacity. But we we all are very close, and kind of that is. I think what keeps us together um, a lot of the time, like, you know, you go anywhere else, you see people decommitting left and right and just flipping their college the next day. So um, I think that's a big thing with us is that we're super close um, and kind of want, want to put Notre Dame on the map and kind of all know why we, why we chose Notre Dame. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the thing that we, we try to push is just that brotherhood and that love for each other. Drake, which of the, the Notre Dame commits are you the closest with? Uh, I would say probably Don uh, Shuler or Peyton Bowen. Um, I talked to them probably the most out of anybody. Uh, obviously, Peyton gets the attention of everyone because he, he's been visiting some other schools. How, how, how confident are you that he will uh, continue to stick with his Notre Dame commitment? You know, I'm, I'm pretty confident just from talking with him and everything. He seems like he wants to stay and doesn't really want to go anywhere. I just think, um, you know, just – just I don't know why he's doing it, but you know it, it's Peyton and I. I love him, but um, you know I'm I'm fairly confident he'll be he'll be staying with us till till his first year in college. So, all right, Drake, that's all that's all we have for you today. We really appreciate you taking some time to join us, and uh, you can get back to preparing for uh, another important senior season at Andrean High School. Thank you so much. All right, now it's time for questions. Our question segment is powered by AcrePro Midwest Farm Group. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group are your local farmland specialists. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. You can submit questions to us on Twitter or on the Insider Lounge message board before every podcast. I'm at TJamesND and Kyle's at ByKyleKelly. First question we have is from SJB75 on the Insider Lounge. If we are to believe that Jaden Osbury is Irish on August 4th, and let's say the class ends at 25 commits, what is the ideal and realistic final four commits, assuming no one decommits? Yeah, so I think 25 commits probably looks like the maximum at this point. I don't know if Notre Dame's really going to be able to extend beyond that, but at this point in the process, I'm feeling pretty good about uh, Ben Minich, the safety offered from Lakota West High School in Westchester, Ohio. Uh, he camped at Notre Dame at uh, June 21st, he's been in communication with the Irish since then. They've basically treated him like a 
target over the last month, even though they just offered him this week. So I, I think I like where Notre Dame is trending in there with him. Um, another name we've been, you know, monitoring is uh, Ronan Hannafin. I think that one's kind of coming down to a Notre Dame Clemson battle, but um, in the end for him, I think that Notre Dame is kind of in his heart. And I think Notre Dame has a good shot at landing him. Clemson isn't going to make it easy, especially, you know, with a quarterback in the class and, he's pretty much a, their top receiver on the, on the board. So I, I'm sure that could possibly be enticing as well. Um, we've talked to, about Jeremiah Love in the past. I think there's a good shot with Notre Dame there. Uh, I, Texas A&M and Michigan are two schools to watch. Alabama just landed Justice Haynes uh, this week. They're still going after Richard Young, but I imagine Alabama's still there for Jeremiah Love. So I think Notre Dame is in a pretty good position with those three guys. And although when we record this podcast on July 21st, I really don't feel confident about Notre Dame's chances with any of the quarterbacks they've offered uh, right now. But I would just like to think that knowing um, in the past about Notre Dame flipping quarterback commits, I, I don't know who it will be and I don't know where, where it might come from, but, even if there's an uncommitted quarterback that really rises in the fall, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could potentially, you know, target a guy like that. Um, but I, I ultimately think when you look at this Notre Dame recruiting class, there has to be one quarterback in the 2023 class that wants to be the leader in the quarterback in the class. I don't know who it is yet, but um, I will say those are the kind of the four players slash positions that I think Notre Dame will close out the class with. Yeah, I, I had sort of broken this down into like an idealist, idealistic finish and a realistic finish. And I think you, you basically outlined what, what, what I would – essentially everything I would say about what would be a realistic finish for the class. I'm not sure who the quarterback would be. I think the ideal answer would be Austin Ovisad, who Notre Dame made its first offer to after Dante, Dante Moore committed to Oregon. Um, Austin is currently committed to Baylor. He's considering visiting later this month. That has not been lined up yet. If he does get up to Notre Dame's campus, that obviously significantly increases their chances. But I think it's a it's a bit too early from from what we're, we've been hearing in terms of like feeling extremely confident about Notre Dame's chances with Austin Novosad. And obviously, uh, confidence at the quarterback position should be taken with a grain of salt, considering how how things worked out uh, with with Dante Moore. Um, in terms of the ideal, I think. Both Jeremiah Love as a running back and Ronan Hannafin as a receiver are also are both on the idealistic list and the realistic list. And then if I was limited to only four commits on the ideal list, I would I would leave Ben Minnick off um, and replace him with Samuel Mpemba. I mean, that's not necessarily a, a slight to Ben Minnick. Samuel Mpemba is one of the best players in the entire country. Uh, so if you could add him and you had to only, but I I, I mean I think if 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 this situation were to unfold that way there would still be room for Samuel and Pemba I don't think they would ever tell tell him not to come they would find a scholarship for him and he's he's the one who's taking his commitment sort of or recruitment the longest um he's not he's not planning to make an official visit to Notre Dame until the Clemson game in November so Notre Dame can sort of have things sorted out by then um and I I mean I think in a in a perfect world that would be sort of the only guy that they're going after still um in the final months of the the recruiting cycle all right, next question is from at Drew Brennan 77. 
With regards to recruiting, seems we all know what the possible finish could be. Osbury, Love, Minnick, and then maybe Hannafin and Pemba and a quarterback. Any other names out there that you would like to see Notre Dame go after that you think they could legitimately get? Well, I think at this point in the process, it, it's kind of hard to say because, I mean, Notre Dame is pretty wrapped up uh, a lot of their, um, you know, position groups in the class. Um, I mean, you know, one quarterback that I've been really intrigued by is J.J. Cole, the Iowa State commit. Um, he's really risen up the rankings uh, with his summer camps, you know, going to the Under Armour uh, camp, and then um, he's been – uh, he went to the lead 11 in April. I saw him there. That was before he was committed. And he, he's going to be a really tough flip. Uh, he's, you know, an Iowa state legacy. He's saying all the right things. It doesn't really sound like he's entertaining interest from any other schools. Um, so I, I think that's my um, like pipe dream option for Notre Dame is for them to go after a guy like JJ uh, Cole uh, in terms of legitimate pr- uh, prospects still out there. I mean, I, I know that there's a pretty good defensive end um, or defensive lineman, you know, nearby Joshua Mickens. He committed to LSU. I think that, you know, he's a guy that is, you know, an in-state school kid. Um, I think there's a lot to like about him. You know, potentially Notre Dame could pitch, you know, being able to play at a high level and still being able to play close to home. But I think Notre Dame feels pretty confident about the four guys they already have at defensive line in the class. Uh, so I, I think things are pretty much set. Um, you know, if, you know, some other guys get moved around or, you know, possible decommitments, I don't think there are any on our radar, you know, things could get interesting there, but I, I think we've kind of seen that Notre Dame has established its targets in the uh, 23 class and they feel pretty good about all, all their commits so far as well. Yeah, I think uh, with the way things played out, there's essentially like probably three positions that we could maybe see Notre Dame either double back on guys they've offered before um, or offer some new guys. Um, and that, that would be like if Notre Dame doesn't doesn't get running Hannafin, then I think I, I believe pretty strongly that Notre Dame needs to go out and still pursue another one uh, to, to get a fourth in the class because signing four over two classes, I, I still don't think is is enough. Um, because Notre Dame only signed one in the 2022 class. Um, I don't really know, like, I don't have great intel on, like, these guys that I'm going to list in terms of, like, how realistic they would want to come to Notre Dame. I mean, I, I, I don't do a lot of advanced research on that unless, like, these are names that Notre Dame has uh, vetted, and I, don't, I haven't asked about these guys. But two names that came to mind to me in terms of wide receivers that they could go after – I really liked Anthony Brown. He was at the rivals in Indianapolis uh, camp that we were at. He's currently committed to Kentucky, uh, a smaller guy. I think he'd be, he's going to be a really good slot receiver in college. And um, that would be a player that I would have, I would be interested in seeing Notre Dame go after. Now, I don't know if he's a Notre Dame fit or um, he would want to come to Notre Dame, but the, that's a name that came to mind. Frederick Moore, who's committed to Michigan, another wide receiver commit that, that, uh, a wide receiver that's committed elsewhere. Those those are two guys that sort of came to mind in terms of wide receivers Notre Dame could could look at. I'm sure the list is lo- much longer than that. If Notre Dame doesn't get Austin Novosad at quarterback, I think obviously they're going to need to keep going after other guys. Um, the, t- the two guys that I, I'm most interested in um, would, would be Brock Glenn, who's undecided, and Kenny Minchie, who's committed to Pittsburgh. I, I think I like Minchie better than Glenn personally. 
Um, but uh, we, we will see how that develops for Notre Dame. Those would be guys to keep an eye on. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sort of of the opinion if, if Notre Dame feels pretty confident that it's not going to get Samuel and Pemba, then, then maybe it considers going after another defensive player um, and maybe like a defensive end c- candidate. So I think Joshua Mickens, who you mentioned, I think he probably would be at the top of that list. If you, if I were to come up with some other guys sort of throwing names at a wall, Stanford defensive end commit Hunter Clegg, I think is interesting. Um, and then Notre Dame has had success with kids from good council who have come to Notre Dame. Um, so I, I would, I would maybe give another look at defensive end Dylan Gooden. Those would be some guys that I would, uh, potentially consider if, if Notre Dame wanted to ex- wanted or needed to expand its board at, at certain positions moving forward. But like I said, I mean, the, the list of guys that Notre Dame is realistically in the mix for and, and wants is, is, is fairly short at this point. Next question is from Jeremy Bonk at J Bonk 1212. How likely is Notre Dame to flip a quarterback in the 2023 class and who is the most likely and why? Kind of like I said, uh, with the, first question is that I I just think that when you look at this Notre Dame recruiting class and the guys that have been able to put together, um, you know, they're, they're still number one in the rankings tied with Ohio state. Uh, You know, I'm sure there will be some movement there since Notre Dame's kind of slowing down on their commits. They kind of hit a a really strong run during the summer while teams like, you know, Alabama are still lurking and they still are going to add a lot of guys to the class and they're always at the top of the recruiting rankings every year. But like if I'm a quarterback and, you know, I see all, all those, um, you know, guys going to Notre Dame and the types of opportunities there, I think that it's a really appealing option. So I, I don't know if I'm ready to say it's likely at this point, but I think there's a decent chance it happens. Uh, just because of the opportunity there as well. I mean, there's the Notre Dame quarterback depth chart is is pretty light, and I, I think there's a, a lot of opportunity to, to come in and really make an impact, you know, pretty soon. Obviously, C.J. Carr is coming in the 24 class, but I, I just think that all things considered, there has to be someone out there that Notre Dame could flip. And I, I, I'll put it like if we're putting percentages on it right now, um, you know, like 55 to 60, I, more likely than not. Um, in terms of guys, that's the most likely. I mean, right now, I think we can only say Austin Novosad because he's the only guy with a Notre Dame offer. And I think a visit will be really dependent on Notre Dame's chances there. But I know that Braylon James and Jaden Greathouse are both friends with him. Uh, you know, being down in Texas, uh, Novosad plays seven on seven ball with Braylon, and both of those guys have been working on him very hard. So, I I think that Notre Dame has. I don't know how strongly I feel about it until he gets up on campus, but right now I would say Novosad is the most likely a quarterback to to flip just because he's the one that they're targeting at this time. Yeah, he, he's he's most likely by default. I don't know that that there uh, you can consider anyone else most likely just because no one else has received a, a new offer. Um, I think overall, like how likely is Notre Dame to flip someone? I think you sort of nailed that. Sixty percent was the, the 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 number that I put in my head. I so I would describe it as like somewhat likely. Um, I think there's always like the emergency backup plan of seeing if CJ Carr ends up re- reclassifying. I think. In my personal opinion, I'd, I'd rather see Notre Dame get a 2023 quarterback. 
um, because I think it's going to be difficult if he, if he switches to the 2023 class late, then I think by that time, maybe some of the 2024 quarterbacks you'd want to go after have already figured out what they want to do. So, and uh, you, you would have lost some significant time in recruiting 2024 quarterbacks. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Notre Dame has plenty of work to do. Obviously Austin Novosad is the first one that um, they're targeting and we'll, we'll know pretty soon. I mean, within the next week, if, if, how, how serious his interest is, if he decides to make a visit, because this, the window is, is small because there's only the, that last week of July that you're allowed to make visits to, to campus and they have to be unofficial visits as well. Um, that's, that's how the recruiting calendar works out. And then, then you can't get guys on campus until, uh, game start in September. So it's, uh, we should have a, a, a clearer picture uh, sooner rather than later, even though it's it's a bit murky right now. Next question is from Douglas McAnally at D McAnally. What is to happen at Notre Dame's barbecue next week? Who do you really want to show up for the barbecue? Well, I think like these types of uh, recruiting weekends are just an opportunity to get a bunch of guys on campus together and really get them all around each other. And, it, you know, kind of starts to, uh, you know, build that connection kind of like the guys in the uh, 23 class have. I think that's why when Notre Dame has these type of weekends, like the junior days or the spring games or a big game on campus, um, they try to get all the commits there. And that's going to be the case with this barbecue uh, visit day is now we, the updated list that we have as of last night, all five Notre Dame commits are going to be there. And uh, CJ Carr being there is uh, a really big deal. So that, that'll be huge for Notre Dame. But as for some of the targets I'm really looking at, the number one guy for sure I think is Ryan Wingo, uh, the five-star receiver. He's a St. Louis kid. On his last visit, he said he – got home from practice, I think at like 1030 at night. And he had to wake up at 330 to catch a flight from St. Louis to, I think he flew into uh, South Bend. It might've been Chicago, but either way, like he went through uh, a lot just to make it to Notre Dame that day, which was a good sign. But a guy like that, you need to kind of get him on campus as much as possible and remind him uh, what Notre Dame has to offer. He's, you know, one of the top receivers in the class for, you know, a reason. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of, a lot of schools coming after him. His bro, he had two brothers, one went to Missouri, the other went to Arkansas. So the SEC schools are in there as well. You know, I, I think you really saw the importance of Ryan Wingo as a target when CJ Carr came down from, uh, you know, Ann Arbor area, the weekend he visited, uh, in, in June, you know, CJ hit really like kind of jumped through some hoops to make that drive to uh, South Bend, basically just to see him, him and linebacker Sammy Brown. So that's one guy that I, I think is really important. And another guy sticking at receiver is Nicholas Marsh who, from Michigan, River Rouge. Him and CJ Carr have a really good connection. So, um, you know, Notre Dame has that working in their favor. But, you know, Nicholas Marsh really has not expressed a lot of interest in Notre Dame at this point. I mean, he's been to campus once and that was with um, everyone from, you know, a lot of the key type of college caliber players from his high school. 
and he, you know, he's going to see, I think, Alabama and Georgia at the end of July. So that that's a guy that you're going to really going to – sounds like Notre Dame is going to have to make up some ground with uh, with him because he's, you know, he's um, he kind of turning his attention elsewhere. And I, I think when you look at the Notre Dame wide receiver room now and the possibility that Ronan Hannafin uh, could potentially look elsewhere in the 23 class, you know, Notre Dame, basically, I think the floor, once again, in 2024 is four wide receivers. And luckily, they have a good start with Cam Williams. But with Nicholas Marsh and Ryan Wingo, those are two uh, guys right in your backyard that are super talented, high-rated kids that would be no-brainers to bring uh, to Notre Dame. And I'll just close by uh, saying this. Uh, two other – or actually three other guys I'd like to see Notre Dame bring to campus. Uh, again, is uh, Paint Woodyard. Uh, he, you know, he's been to campus a couple times, St. John Bosco. Um, it's not an easy uh, commute for him being from California, but that's a guy that Notre Dame has to really kind of turn their full attention to considering that he's looking everywhere. He's looking in Texas. USC is right in his backyard. Um, and another guy is – that's a little more local is Justin Scott, the number one defensive tackle in the class. And he is going to visit Notre Dame. And I think that'll be a really important visit there. Academics are super important to his family. Uh, he is, um, you know, Notre Dame is going to be the only school he sees this summer. So that that's another big one. And lastly, uh, a guy that I, that is not planning to come, but I, I would like to see on campus is Bryce West, a uh, four-star cornerback from Glenville, Ohio. Um, Glenville guys typically go to Ohio State, but we've seen, you know, guys like Frank Clark uh, go elsewhere. He went to Michigan. And, you know, Bryce West, his dad is a actually a Notre Dame fan. So I think there's a chance there. I've talked to Bryce. You know, he, he definitely likes Ohio State a lot. I don't think there's any surprise that they're they're the team to beat. But I, I think Notre Dame needs to do, you know, stack another really good cornerback rec uh, recruiting class on top of the 23 guys. And Bryce West is another highly rated guy that, even though he's, you know, coming from that Glenville at Ohio State pipeline, I think would be a really important visitor to get him on campus at this time, at this point in the process, to kind of make him reevaluate potentially, you know, going to the safety net of Ohio State. Yeah. Uh I knew you'd have a pretty good wish list, so I don't won't have a lot to add there. I I will I know uh Ryan Wingo was the the one a five-star wide receiver. He was the one that was at the top of my list. Unfortunately, uh he told me earlier this week that he doesn't have any plans to to visit Notre Dame this month. So um we'll see if that changes. But um earlier this week he did not have that on his radar. Um I think it's a good opportunity for Notre Dame to get a lot of the top 2024 targets um, on campus for official visits. If, uh, if you're subscribed to inside ND sports, um, we've been updating the visitors list on the insider lounge. So you could stop by and take a look at that. Um, but I was just looking back at who visited for this similar type of event last summer. Um, Drake Bowen was at that before he ended up committing. Uh, Adon Schuler was at that before he ended up committing. Christian Gray ended up in Notre Dame's class after visiting that weekend. Preston Zinter, um, so a number of these guys that are visiting for this July recruiting event um, could end up being in Notre Dame's 2024 class. So it'll be important to, to, to monitor how that uh, event goes. 
Next question we have is from Rhino1134 on the Insider Lounge. With fall camp rapidly approaching, what position group will have your attention on August 5th outside of quarterback? I think quarterback was the easy answer. So that <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that he said outside of quarterback. But uh, for me, I think it's cornerback. Uh, I, I think Notre Dame has some intriguing options there in, in the freshman class um, with uh, Jaden Mickey and uh, Jaden Bellamy. Uh, seeing Mickey at uh, spring practice, like he was a real feisty guy. So I think he could find his way uh, on the field fast. And uh, we've said it on here multiple times before, and I know everyone else is talking about it, but that Ohio State wide receiver uh, group is, <laughs> they are uh, a force to be reckoned with. So I think the cornerbacks are going to have to have a really good camp to try and slow those guys down. And, you know, it would be really interesting to see if Jaden Mickey works his way into some significant playing time week one against Ohio State, considering all the top guys they have there. So I'll be interested to see how those guys progress throughout camp. You know, they don't really have much competition, um, you know, with the Notre Dame receivers. The room is super light right now, as, you know, we've said before. But I think those guys um, will be a position to keep an eye on throughout camp. Yeah, we have a, a question a little bit later about position battles and cornerback was, was going to be a, a position I talked about there. But for this question, in terms of who will have my attention, the wide receiver position is the one that I, I am the most interested in seeing because I want to see who's ready to emerge, how many of those guys can contribute at a high level. Um, I, Lorenzo Styles is the one I'm the most high on. Will, will he be able to make the leap that I expect him to make this season? So I, I think... I mean, that, that the wide receiver position certainly goes hand in hand with the quarterback position. Uh, so I, obviously that those, those two will rely heavily on each other. But I think uh, the wide receivers, even though it's not necessarily a long list of guys that we're, we're, we're watching here, I think it's really important to see where their progression is at and uh, how well they're operating uh, in the offense and, and what the ceiling could be for that position um, this season. Next question is from Marie Biafore at Biafore underscore Marie. Which true freshmen have the best chance for meaningful playing time this year? This question is an absolute no, no brainer. Tobias Merriweather will by far have the best opportunity for meaningful playing time, even though that he just enrolled this summer. Uh, Notre Dame needs bodies at wide receiver. Tobias Merriweather is a super talented player. And he will by far have the best opportunity to see the field early on in the season and definitely throughout. Yeah, I, I think he's not alone. I think there are other guys that have chances to to contribute um, as freshmen. But I think, like you said, he's probably has the best chance. Um, I think the tight ends, Eli Raritan, Holden Stays have a chance, especially um, with, with Mitchell Evans going down with an injury um, th this summer. Um, we'll see how, what his recovery looks like. Um, running back Jabron Payne um, is in a position to potentially play as a freshman because of injuries at that position too. Um, and so I think a lot of the answers are on offense. But defensively, Jaden Mickey, you just talked about, obviously we think there's a chance that he could contribute as a freshman. And then um, specialists always get forgotten a little bit, but punter Bryce McPherson could end up being the starting punter if he beats out. Harvard grad, grad transfer, John Sott. So um, his opportunity, it would be significant as well. And the next question that I referred to a little bit earlier at Charles W. Wolf, as camp approaches, what position battle are you most looking forward to seeing play out? 
Well, I'm not sure how much of a battle it's going to be, but I mean, quarterback is a no brainer. I think that all signs are kind of trending in the direction of Tyler Buckner at this point in time. Um, you know, I think at this point though, it, it can still be considered a battle or certainly a battle. So that is uh, the big one. Uh, but the other one, you know, I kind of touched on it earlier was uh cornerback. I really am interested to see what happens there. Um, I, I know Tyler mentioned receivers earlier, but I don't really know what type of battle there really is there. A lot of those guys are going to have the opportunity to play. So a quarterback is a no brainer one, but you know, corner is the one I'm interested to see as well. Yeah. I, I don't really consider the wide receiver thing, a, a, a battle necessarily. I mean, I, I just think all, I mean, they're probably all going to play at some, to some extent because there's just not that many of them. Uh, so, so I, I, I didn't really consider them for this, this question. Like I mentioned, cornerbacks, that, that was the, that was sort of my secondary option for this because I want to see if, if Jaden Mickey can push Clarence Lewis for playing time at cornerback. Um, but obviously there's, there's opportunities for him to play um, in some sort of combination with also Tariq Bracey in the mix there. Obviously Cam Hart is the one you feel the most confident in at, at the cornerback position. But to me, the, the battle that I'm the most intrigued by is, is who starts at safety next to Brandon Joseph. Um, will, it, will it be DJ Brown, Ramon Henderson, Houston Griffith, Xavier Watts? A lot of guys uh, have made strong cases for that. Um, and uh, I think, I think multiple of them will play. I don't think it'll just be Brandon Joseph and whoever wins the starting role next to him as the only two safeties that play. Um, but, I, but I'm really curious to see what that pecking order ends up looking like going into the Ohio state game. Next question is from Nathan Reynolds at enforcers 2117. Can you give us an overview of the fall camp schedule and when media access is and when the coaches will do interviews after practices? Um, yeah, I can give you, we actually just received the schedule the other day. Um, so I can give you a, a sort of a brief synopsis of that camp starts August 5th. And that day we will be allowed to watch the full practice and talk to Marcus Freeman afterwards. Um, and then we will get one more full practice viewing on August 19th. Um, we will also have eight five period viewing windows. So we get to watch them stretch in the first five periods of practice, um, which Hopefully we get to see some competitive action during it is there doesn't always that doesn't always occur, um, but it's good for sort of attendance and injury monitoring and depending how practice is lined up, you can sort of see the pecking order um, at different positions as well. Um, we'll. We'll talk to every position coach once um, players from every position group as well. Coordinators Tommy Reese and Al Golden twice and head coach Marcus Freeman three times so um, it's a pretty uh busy camp schedule for us and something that I think we're excited about the access. I mean, I, I would, if I, if my vote mattered, uh, I would trade in some five period viewing windows to get another full practice. I think the, the full practices are so much more valuable than the five period viewing windows. Um, and eight of those, eight of those is a lot, but I, I think uh, it's, um, I, I would trade like five of them for another full, full practice potentially. Uh, but uh but I, I, we will take what we can get and make the most out of it. And uh, the schedule sort of varies in terms of what, what days of the week they're practicing or what days of the week we have access. Um, but the, there's two days that there's nothing uh, for the whole month, and that's on Tuesdays and Sundays um, in August. So you won't be getting new reports from practice or, or, or interviews on Tuesdays and Sundays from us throughout August. So that's just uh, something to keep in mind if you want to set your uh, your schedule accordingly. 
Next question is from at Buster Biven. Could Marquis Step play football at Notre Dame in 2022? Um, people who may not remember Marquis Step was once committed to Notre Dame. Things didn't work out at the end of his recruitment in terms of getting him into Notre Dame. And so he ended up in USC's recruiting class. Um, he went to USC and then played for a few years and then transferred to Nebraska, uh, was at Nebraska last season um, and then in the spring as well. Um, and he has since entered the transfer portal once again. Um, I'm not exactly sure what his graduation status is, um, and that would certainly impact his ability to play somewhere immediately. I don't. So my guess is he has graduated because it, w- it would be re- very odd for him to not have graduated because I think I don't know how he would avoid having to sit out a year if he either hasn't graduated and it also he's also entered the transfer portal after the deadline and I think I think you can get around that if you're a graduate transfer but if not but if you're not you can't but I, also I don't know that it matters because he's already used a one-time tr- free transfer so I don't really know what's at play there for Marquis step I would be surprised if he ended up at Notre Dame uh, he got buried on Nebraska's step chart so that's not exactly a good good sign and he needs to go somewhere where he's the guy. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of opportunities left ahead of him in his college football career. So coming to Notre Dame to be the third or fourth running back, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense for him. Next question is at IrishFan102. And actually our last question, which player is the most likely to receive an NIL deal from Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group? My questions are also powered by Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. I really appreciated this question. You know, Tyler, this one will probably be a better one for you because you, you've been around the, the players much more um, and kind of know their personalities and everything. But uh, one guy I got to know throughout the recruiting process in 2022 was uh, Billy Shrouth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with him. I think that's, that's a good suggestion. I'm sure uh, our friends at Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group, who sponsor our, sponsor our question segment, are happy to, for another shout out from Irish Fan One Zero Two. Uh, my answer, I, I'd have to go with uh, linebacker Jack Kaiser, who's familiar with farm work from his time growing up in Royal Royal Center, Indiana. Um, I believe his family grows corn and soybeans, or at least did. I'm not sure of the status of that, but uh, I, I he definitely is is familiar with with farming so uh he's the closest thing to an expert on the team that that I'm aware of I'm not sure if there's any other uh guys that would that would be leading candidates for this but uh maybe maybe we'll have to see if uh Jack Kaiser and our and our podcast sponsor uh can link up for for some NIL action all right that's it for today's episode of the Inside Indy Sports podcast if you don't already you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts and other popular podcast platforms If you like what you hear, give us a star rating, leave a review, and share our podcast feed with a friend. We will be back the first week of August to prepare for the start of Notre Dame's preseason camp, which, as I mentioned earlier, starts August 5th. Until then, stick with InsideNDSports.com for all your Notre Dame coverage needs.